The Last Word with Matt Cooper. So let's start with a plan that the government has, which apparently will be approved at Cabinet tomorrow, to restrict the sale of vaping products, particularly in relation to the under-18s and also to where they can be actually purchased by anybody and further restrictions on advertising. Won't be able to advertise vaping on public transport cinemas or near schools. Our first guest is Dr. Gareth McGovern, who is a GP specialising in addiction medicine. Good evening to you, Gareth. Thank you for joining us. What do you think of this clampdown that the government is planning? Well, it's a long time coming, to be honest with you, Matt. I mean, we should have really from the get-go had an age restriction um, on, on youth access. So I'm, I'm just surprised it's taken this long, but it's a welcome development, I have to say. Yeah, is it something, though, that many teenagers have taken to that necessitates a ban for under-18s? Well, I, it depends really on what way you kind of look at this. I mean, um, it, it's hard to know. It's a very polarising sort of debate. Uh, there's a lot of moral panic around the number of young people who are who are vaping, but um, the devil is in the detail. I mean, we know from the SPAD study, which was a study of young people, um, and uh, we know that the, the, the numbers who are using it regularly, in other words, ne- every day or nearly every day, is less than 5%. So we need to kind of be careful not not everyone's addicted who is is taking it but look we we don't want young people you know using it recreationally that's not what it's there for it should be there for people who are uh, trying to quit smoking and um uh, you know we need to we need to kind of pull out all the stops to make sure that they are getting them and not 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 young people are using them to in some way get get some sort of a high off them i certainly not know Okay, that do you believe they actually work well as a way of getting people off smoking? Well, I think I think if you look at the research now, I mean they're very popular. There's anything probably you know as many as 150,000, possibly more um, Irish people who smoke, um, who are smokers, who are using them to quit. You're probably twice as likely to quit if you look at the research um, now in terms of electronic cigarettes as any other method. They're very very popular. Um, you know they're used almost throughout the world they've gained uh, acceptance but uh, unfortunately there's a lot of people who are are kind of against them I mean if you look at what's happened in Australia they've taken them off the retail market and put them them on prescription um, which is probably going to have the opposite effect they're trying to do that to uh, reduce access to children which is still a very small amount relative to the numbers uh, using them and the problem there is that if you put it on prescription it's probably going to reduce access to um, uh, the people who are smoking as well Um, and that's my kind of worry because a lot of Irish GPs in here I have to say this are not very pro-vaping they're very sceptical about them and the idea that someone's going to go into a GP surgery at at great expense great time to the GP and the GP is going to use this advice this method is probably folly. I, I would say it'll be the death knell of cigarettes if it goes to prescription. I know that's not what the bill is about at the moment, but we need to be careful of that. Well, because we, what's happening in Australia apparently is the way that Tholister and Michal Martin would like to go. It's not on the agenda for tomorrow, but he certainly seems to want to get rid of vaping altogether. So you're not in agreement with that? No, I think that what I would like to see is I would like to see proper 
uh, stockists. I mean, these are available everywhere. The disposables are available in supermarkets and corner shops, and there's a lot of the people who are selling them don't have the expertise. I mean, if, if you go into an, a proper vape shop, you'll actually get some advice of how these things work, and they'll tell you which which particular model, and um, obviously the whole issue around flavours, which I'm in favour of, because again, it attracts smokers who are trying to get away from tobacco. The idea is that flavours will attract young people. I think first things first, we need to have an age restriction in terms of, um, you know, reducing youth access. But I would say one other point, uh, Matt, we are sort of taking our eye off the ball on the real issue, and that's trying to get smoking prevalence down, including smoking initiation among young people. That conversation seems to have gone by the by now because of vaping. And vaping, whether it's in young people or whether it's in older people, is certainly immeasurably safer than smoking, and we all know the harms of smoking. Okay, but what about the idea, though, that there are some people when they start vaping as a replacement for smoking that they just stay on it? I I have friends who are 18 months to two years vaping now as much as they smoked. I mean, is that not bad for them? Well, we don't know. I mean, a lot of people say we don't know what the long-term effects of vaping are. They've been around about, roughly about 20 years. The, the technology is a bit more sophisticated. I don't think we're seeing a huge uh, epidemic of illnesses in relation to even in that 20-year period. But if you look at it another way, I mean, they, they are measurably safer than smoking. And the alternative might be, in, your, in the friends that you're talking about, to continue to smoke. So if that works for them and it comes at a fraction of the harm of cigarette smoking, I'd be all for it. I mean, I, my background is harm reduction. And we prescribe, you know, give people, um, clean needles, we give them opiate substitution treatment. We're not going to abolish harm, we're just trying to reduce it. And then one final one. What about the situation with the so-called gateway drug, that it encourages people who start vaping as teenagers or as young adults to then go for uh, the cigarettes and other things afterwards? Well, if you look at the gateway theory uh, in general for, for any sort of drug, so the gateway, obviously, that most people talk about is cannabis to harder drugs. I mean, I think the gateway theory has is, is, is really got a lot of holes in it. I don't think it stands up to uh, scientific uh, scrutiny. Um, and I don't think it, it, any more so for electronic cigarettes. I mean, you know, people are saying that um, there's young people, they have a concern with them using electronic cigarettes. And the same population will have never smoked. I don't think they're any more likely to smoke if if they're using uh, electronic circuit. That's not what the evidence tells us. So I, I, that, that argument, I don't think, stands up. OK, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, Dr. Gareth McGovern, GP specialising in addiction, medicine and care. I'm joined now by Professor Donald O'Shea, who's Head of Department of Chemistry at the RCSI University of Medicine at Health. Donald, thank you very much for joining us. One of the things we've just been talking to Gareth McGovern about is how much is actually known about the potential dangers of vaping or not? What is known at this stage? Well, at this stage, there's really a very considerable amount that's not known, unfortunately. They have been only in use for maybe 20 years, but really they've only been picked up in use significantly in the last half a dozen years in Ireland. Excuse me, in Ireland. So what's unknown is the vast array or cocktail of chemicals that are in them and the effects they have on the lungs. They've never really been seriously tested for lung inhalation. Many of them originating in the food industry, where they may be safe for ingesting our foods, but not necessarily inhalation into our lungs. Also, unfortunately, there's quite a lot of unknown about the devices themselves. So they're heating these chemicals to relatively high temperatures just before they're inhaled into the lungs. And many of these chemicals are breaking down to form, again, another series of unknown chemicals. So unfortunately, there's a huge amount of risk and unknown about these devices from a health point of view um, and really there's a lot of catch up to be done to prove their safety um, unfortunately 
the companies who retail these devices haven't had to prove their safety to regulatory agencies, maybe much like a drug company would normally do. So, so why not? That's very surprising, Donald, because I would have thought, and I think most people would have thought, that these devices and their contents would have gone through the Food and Drug Administration in the United States or through the European counterpart before they would be allowed for sale. Yes, you would think so, but they have been uh, tested, as I said, for using food products which we would eat, but not tested for heating to high temperatures and inhalation. So it's really been quite a significant oversight, I think, on parts of these bodies to, to not having them have these companies prove their safety for the way they are used. And on top of that, then we have uh, issues around the devices themselves because different devices heat to different temperatures. They contain different metal components, which may end up in the vape itself and so on. So there's so many different variations, essentially. It's very hard to quantify the risk. And because now you've seen a huge increase in the use in the youth population, that really does uh, sort of set off alarm bells in all our heads about how we may have significant health impacts in the future. But surely it can't be as bad as the damage done by the nicotine and the smoking of cigarettes. Well, to be honest, there's just nothing worse than, than nicotine smoking, is what you have to think about. So if that's the worst case scenario, anything is better. So if you're looking at people when the discussions were about attempting to quit uh, tobacco smoking, realistically, you would think that you should try anything you can. But the proof that uh, vaping is really significantly helping uh, the people who are sort of addicted to this scourge is not really there. What's beginning to emerge is essentially people end up as dual users. So they have a double curse, both tobacco and vaping. And this really isn't even already beginning to emerge as well at the current time. So what you sort of think is that support has to be given to these people who are suffering from nicotine addiction. But really, this may be a very much a false hope, would be many people's opinion. Right, Professor Donald O'Shea, thank you from RCSI, the Royal College of Surgeons, University of Medicine and Health. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.